Hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Are You a Fan? If you like this episode, give us a like, share, follow, and uh, you know what? Why don't you talk about us in some social circles? That'd be nice. So, this week, as always, we got a question, but it's not coming from your friend Derail. Let's hear it, Joker. So, if you could become a cyborg, essentially, but it requires you most likely dying and also becoming a religious fanatic, would you do it? I mean, I get to come back, though, right? Not as you. I mean, I don't really see the point, then. Like, if I'm still, like, cognitively aware that's me, but I'm just, like, I'm, like, I basically am a cyborg paladin at that point, I'd be cool with that. Like, yeah, you don't, from what I understand, you don't really come back as you, because everything is overridden by the fact that you're this new re- religious zealot. Only trying to go for that one thing. I'd say no, because I feel like it defeats the fun and the purpose of coming back as a cyborg. It really does. And I know I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Like, if I get to come back, I have my, like, I still have my memories. I'm still at my core myself. But they basically are like, you are now in service to this god. I'm like, cool. I'm a paladin or warlock. Awesome. Got you. (laughs) Yeah, if you could come back completely like that, it'd be amazing. Yeah, like if it's a like, hey, uh, you're you're now serving this god, and you will die immediately if you choose not to. I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, who? What planet we conquering? (laughs) A whole multiverse. Ooh, fun. So that brings us into this week's character, Elish Norn, the White Praetor. from Magic: The Gathering. So you card nerds, listen up. We're dealing with you this week. Again, <laughs> it's been a minute since we've had one. It has been, so I'm I'm actually pretty excited getting this. I love the Magic Gathering ones. Heck, we play it ourselves. For those of you having a conniption right now, <laughs> okay, let's get into this. Uh, so, starting out with birthplace, Mirrodin. Thank you. <laughs> so we do go through a small chunk of more or less a history of Mirrodin and stuff that leads up to the Praetors. Okay, makes sense. So, a little uh, bit of a backstory. One of those characters where we kind of start before they start. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. So, originally known as Argin- Argentum. Assuming. The world of Mirrodin was created by the Gollum planeswalker Karn and left to the go- governance of the Memnarch. Which in the game is... Uh... An artifact creature. Ah, okay. But he leaves him in charge of this plane, which does not go well. well let's get into it. Because so, Karn, being one of the many parties responsible for the destruction of the original plane called Phyrexia, um, he accidentally left drops of the glistening oil in Argentum, a black fluid that Yagmoth would develop as a late war machine for Phyrexia. Okay, so already already leaving loose at law loose ends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great start. Okay, Uh, so Memnarch came in contact with the oil and became utterly insane, desiring to become a planeswalker and changing Argentum into Meriden, creating soul traps and kidnapping beings from other worlds, creating a full ecosystem with various sapient races in order to search for a valid spark. Huh. So, because so, normally when it comes to being a planeswalker, you have to be a living, organic being with a soul. 
Oh. Karn got his because a planeswalker sacrificed himself and essentially gave him his spark. Oh, dang. So you can, like, pass that stuff on, possibly. I don't think that's a normal thing. I, th- I, don't, I don't remember the whole story behind Karn's creation, but... I don't remember how exactly that goes, but I don't think that's normal. Okay, we might have to do an episode on him in the future. Let us know in the comments. So after Mimnark would die uh, and his world-warping madness ended, the oil was free to expand and fester, reaching Mirrodin's mana core and gaining enough power to infect its inhabitants, containing the blueprints of Phyrexia within it. Okay, okay, not good. Not good start. (laughs) Definitely not. And it gets so much worse. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so generations upon generations, infected Marins went to the plane's core, recreating uh, Phyrexia by mutilating and rearranging their own bodies with metal. That sounds painful. <laughs> or by creating vats where dead flesh was thrown into as to have Phyrexian newts spawning and thus increase their ranks yeah it's a very uh horror-esque group your question (laughs) at the beginning of this episode is making more and more sense now yeah i knew it would eventually (laughs) didn't take long it definitely wasn't as quick as some of our other questions and the characters but this one this one definitely lulled me into a false sense of security (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad i was able to so within a few generations, enough infected Mirrodin's new Phyrexian abominations would manage to recreate their foul civilization within Mirrodin, digging new layers in order to create the original Phyrexian environment and to expand their empire, and eventually take over the world of the Mirrodins. Because eventually, essentially, they ended up having like layers upon layers as different worlds. Oh, kind of almost like the, um, the layers of hell. Kind of, yeah. status. Kind of, yeah. Exactly. It's almost exactly what that is. Also, like, how do you let that go? Like, no way on the planet was like, hey, guys, maybe we should do something about this. I'm not 100% sure how many people knew about it going on, to be honest. True, true. Pretty sure anybody that found out was probably dealt with accordingly. And probably became a Phyrexian. Yep. (laughs) So, new Phyrexia would have one key difference from its original incarnation. Only one. I'm already seeming like there were a few changes made pretty early on okay so while the old phyrexians were aligned almost exclusively with black mana these new phyrexians spawned all colors of mana and as such they were divided into five different factions which little tolerance for each other but nonetheless begrudgingly working together in in order to spread phyrexia's might so it was very much a wool regrettably work with you but i still don't like you (laughs) my god though like oh yeah i mean which makes sense as a as a uh as a artifact player myself i know that's one of the big benefits of colorless artifacts is technically i can play them in a color deck i want yep (laughs) but they don't oh like not all the colors do mesh well that's very rare to have cards like that oh yeah so now we get kind of into Elish. Uh, so each faction of New Phyrexia is guided and governed by a Praetor. And Elish Norn is the Praetor of the Machine Orthodoxy, the faction of Phyrexians associated with White Mana. With her exact origins unknown, uh, she seems to be Vat-grown Phyrexian, 
as she can produce porcelain-like metal skin that only native-born white Frexians can produce, though some indoctrinated organisms later would have the skin grafted onto them. Ow. Yeah, it's gotta, it's gotta hurt. Ah, God. Yeah. Gotta love that thought. But man, is that skin gorgeous, though. Oh, my God, yeah. I've seen the art. It's beautiful. I I do love, like, marble and porcelain. Okay, so during the war for the service of Mirrodin, the conflict between the Praetors was intense as... Praetors. Praetors. Yeah. (laughs) During the war for the service of Mirrodin, the conflict between the Praetors was intense, especially over the father of machines. Karn himself, now hopelessly corrupted and driven mad by the infection of the Praetors, Elish Norn was the most adamant in keeping the delusional Planeswalker in power, believing him to be worthy, a worthy figurehead for Phyrexia and an excellent war leader. Yeah, she was definitely very, unlike the other Praetors, we kind of learn a little bit. She was very much a, she saw him as the father, and so she kind of, Raised him on that pedestal of you're better than us. We come from you. So unlike so like so basically she was the one creation that saw her creator as yeah like yeah pretty wor- much worship the creator. Meanwhile the other ones were like I'm a I'm the other ones were like I want to be at the top. Yeah, we don't care about the creator. We want to be the the head. So the other ones are very much like Voltron or not. Ultron. There we go. There you go. Yeah, very much Ultron like. Very much Ultron like. Oh, that's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, no. So the other Praetors, however, especially the Blue Aligned Jin Gataxius and Black Aligned Shuldred, would think little, very little of him at best and try to murder him in order to take over Phyrexia and become the new quote unquote father of machines. Or in Shuldred's case, the new mother of machines. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, enough of them. I'm sure they could possibly do it, depending on how powerful this person is. So, during the final battle in which the uh, Phyrexian officially conquered Mirrodin, a Moran angel named Atraxa. Uh, Atraxa was captured. Elishnorn was impressed by Atraxa's uh, tenacity and rewarded her with completion, a process by which organic beings are converted into Phyrexians. Elish Norn's intent was for Atraxa to become the Praetor's voice, a symbol of Phyrexia's unity. Elish Norn invited the other Praetors to contribute with only Urabrax declining. Atraxa's creation marked the final victory of Phyrexia over Mirrodin. I mean, turning an angel, angels are already kind of OP. Especially in Magic Universe. Yeah, like those things are like god-tier level threats. Yup. But that also, that little tidbit of story, explains why Atraxa is only four of five colors. Because Urabrask didn't want to join in on the completing. So the other four half helped, and that's why she's got all their colors. Ah, okay, so that explains why she's a color short. Uh, so what, the one thing I love about reading the story behind the game is you learn so much about the cards, like, ah, that makes a lot more sense now. That does, actually, shit. So eventually, the Planeswalkers Elspeth, Koth, and Vincer would rescue Karn and make him immune to the Phyrexian in, uh, infection, ending his domain over Phyrexia and thus his relevance to the Praetors. Ouch. 
At least the relevance to everybody but Elish, because she still kind of tries to keep him pe- on a pedestal. I mean, of course, it's hard. It's hard to acknowledge that your dad wasn't exactly perfect for some right. <laughs> so while this could have made a uh, fool out of Elish Norn, it actually worked best in her favor as her forces managed to crush Sheldred and uh, Urabrask domains, ensuring her status as the dominant predator and possibly as the new mother of machines. So yeah, I guess uh, in the in the vacuum, and she took she took control. Oh, she definitely did, and never really gave up on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining not with the new set coming out. I'm pretty sure she's still. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now, as the dominant predator, Elish Norn seeks to make the multiverse into a singularity. This meaning completing all life into fractions and having all life under her rule. And they get pretty dang close from the way the set looks. <laughs> I'm getting real. Oh, what were they? Uh, what were the What were the dudes in Star Trek? The Borg. Yeah, I'm getting real Borg vibes. Oh, it's definitely some Borg vibes. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I'm getting definitely like assimilate, assimilate. It's exactly what's going on. <laughs> okay, so with the help of the Artificer Planeswalker Tezzeret and his improved Planner Bridge. Hmm. Planer. Planer Brit. Okay, I was so, like. That was one that came up in the War of the Spark where uh, Nicole would use it to transport zombie warriors from one plane to another. Oh, okay. This uh, is the same planeswalker that helped him. Okay, and if anybody's curious about uh, that character's story, we talk a little bit in some previous Magic episodes. And don't we do an episode on him? Not yet. Not yet. But he would be a fun one to do. He would be. But he comes up in a few other people's stories, so. Okay, so, uh, yeah. So plan uh so she sent the other uh predators to foreign plants so that the Phyrexian were better prepared for a multiversal invasion. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. She would promise him a new dark still body since his current one is being damaged by the bridge. Uh, though she had no intention of fulfilling her promise. They always lie. Why, like, why, does oh, anybody, yeah. why does anybody trust anybody in this universe? This is the guy who trusts Nicole Bolas. Is it really hard to in, in, incentivize this guy? Fair <laughs> enough. Though, from what I understand based on the cards, a dark steel body would be nice because that's an indestructible metal. I was about to say, that's honestly what threw me off. As an artifact player, Dark Steel is like one of the big... Yeah, so I don't blame him on taking that up. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like, it's more also impressive to know that like doing this act of creating the bridge or whatever is damaging his current Dark Steel body. Because, well, he doesn't have a Dark Steel currently. Oh, I see. And if I remember correctly, his current body, the planar bridge, last I knew was a part of him now. Oh, at some okay. point with him and Nicole, it became a part of his body. So every time he used it, it kind of deteriorated his himself. Oh, so that's why his like, that's why he has like that weird like part solid body, part ethereal machinery looking that's body before. in the cards. What? That was before. That was before. Yeah. Oh, okay. but that's kind of what made it easy for them to just put the bridge in him. Oh, he okay. Already, he was already kind of a cyborg. Fair. Okay. Fair. We're all finding out new things today. <laughs> We're definitely going to have to do an episode on him. Yes. So, uh, Ellis Norn would easily manipulate Warrenclex, the green-aligned predator, into going to Kaldeheim in order to obtain a, simple of, a sample of Tyrite, 
uh, since his aspirations are the simplest among the praetors. Tyrite is a substance used to make the cosmos elixirs that gave the Kaldeheim gods, or Scotty, near immortality and the ability to control their immense powers. Because, yeah, it's nothing like giving praetors and Phyrexians near immortality. Yeah, that's not going to go bad at all. That's not a galactic or interdimensional threat. Uh, she then challenged Jin Gitaxius. I'm hoping I'm saying. I'm assuming. A lot of these magic things, <laughs> it's a, I go off of what I hear from the community, so. So Jin Gitaxius, to uh, find a way to transform planeswalkers into Phyrexians. This led him and Tezzeret to travel to Kimig- Kamigawa. Kamigawa to study the plane's kami or spirits, as well as its dual realm nature to achieve this task. The fruits of their research resulted in a moon in the moonfolk planeswalker Tamiyo uh, being completed into the first Phyrexian planeswalker. So the big thing on that, something with the completion process usually kills the subject. Uh, or a spark, you have to have a living soul. So typically when you kill someone, it would get rid of the soul so you can't keep a spark. But apparently uh, Jen Katax has found a way to keep the spark, which became very terrifying later on. I imagine it would be. <laughs> With considering the already prevalent threat of these people, them uh, managing to assimilate a planeswalker and keep that spark. Especially since typically a planeswalker is the only one supposed to be able to go from plane to plane. Yep. That, oh, God, that's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, proceed. So Elish Norn would then task Shouldred with leading an invasion of the plane of Dominaria with the goal of retrieving or destroying all threats to New Phyrexia's dominance. Her main priorities were destroy the Silex, a bull that can, that can cause great calamities, and return Karn to New Phyrexia alive. She also had to cause enough chaos and destruction so the Phyrexians could properly conquer the plane during another invasion. So it was kind of almost like a initial invasion of, hey, we're going to come cause some chaos and then leave. Okay, yep. And then with some other plans in the in between, but <laughs> kind of dividing forces and that, you know, softening up places yeah. that might be a little too difficult to take at the beginning, but cause enough chaos that's gonna create civil unrest, ultimately destroying their own internal forces, and then you just come in and pick up the pieces. Well, especially a plane like Dominaria where that's kind of where all the original planeswalkers and stories came from in magic. Oof. So that's definitely a plane you gotta mess with a lot. To prepare for the future. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, that's okay. So the Silex, uh, Silex, Silex, Silex. I don't actually know. So the Silex was destroyed by Sheldred's spy Johnny Goldman. <laughs> Johnny and Goldman, <laughs> call us in case of your injury claims. <laughs> so yeah, Johnny uh, Goldman and Karn was delivered as ordered. After he arrived in New Phyrexia, Norn welcomed her father back and wanted him to share in the glory they would make together. She forced him to watch New Phyrexia invasion Tree Realmbreaker. Realmbreaker. That's a title you don't want to hear coming towards you. Right. <laughs> Which was uh, starting to grow. So a literal tree, it sounds like, that destroys realms. Well, it was kind of... If I remember correctly, it was kind of help 
kind of um, built like the tree, the world tree in Kaldeheim, where it's in North, similar to Norse mythology, where the tree reaches into the different planes, essentially. Oh, that's Is even, what this is supposed to be. That's even more terrifying. Yeah. Because where, like, y- Yggdrasil in Norse mythology reaches the different realms, that's what this tree is going to do. Is it's going to reach out through the blind eternities to each plane. Except this one's being controlled by a sociopathic genocidal machine that's looking to assimilate everything. Exactly. That's horrifying. And she's already got a second planeswalker down, Mr. Ajani. Ooh, yeah. No, not good. (laughs) So, surrounded by her loyal followers and with everything she needs in her possession, Elish Norn was ready to unify the multiverse under Phyrexia. In preparation for her invasion, though, uh, she would transform her faction into the Machine Legion, which makes up the core of the Phyrexian Armada. So it goes from an orthodoxy of a bunch of religious freaks to a legion. Just uh, now an armed group of religious freaks. But, yeah, no, that honestly kind of sound, sounds almost like the Marine, the Marines in um, freaking Warhammer. Kind of, yeah. Religious zealots with a lot of machines and a lot of destructive power. Yeah. Pretty much. Just less assimilating. <laughs> uh, so once uh, Realmbreaker... God, that's terrifying. <laughs> so once Realmbreaker, which was infused with uh, Tirit, had fully grown, it would extend across the multiverse, connecting the planes together with new Phyrexia, allowing the Phyrexians to assault them instantaneously and simultaneously. Yeah, so they're going everywhere at once. Oh my god. It's one of those like it doesn't sound like a great threat because you're like, oh, they're spreading the force to them. But then you remember these things assimilate what it takes over. Like so yep. it's growing as it conquers. This isn't spreading forces thin and then having to wait to rebuild. This is I'm grabbing you guys and I'm changing you into my soldiers. And the worst part with the way the glistening oil works, so it replaces your fluids. In your body, if you get infected by it, it then will start to slowly turn you. Oh, so it's so like they don't z- even have to kill you. So it's like a zombie thing, pretty much. Yeah, these are like sentient zealot zombies. Yeah, what's happening right now? <laughs> Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I they got a crazy universe. Okay, honestly, I love it. I love it. How we like Netflix? Get on it. Make the show already. <laughs> So after New Phyrexia was reconstructed to be structurally similar to the original Phyrexia, Ellis Norn would inhabit the Fair Basilica, New Phyrexia's seventh sphere. This sphere is full of monuments and cathedrals, all built to glorify Norn's greatness. Because, you know, what, what kind of religious zealot leader can't have something like that? All right. She has more recently moved to the next uh, lowest sphere, known as the Mycosynth Gardens. It has barred this sphere and the deepest sphere known as the Seed Core to all except those with an invitation from her, even from the other Praetors. So she is just straight up saying, I am better than all of you. Unless I invite you, you're not allowed here. Bit of a bold move, but it's not like she doesn't have the power to enforce it. Right? That's where I was like, I can't blame her because clearly she's uh, stopping everybody else from doing anything. So Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> creating a lot of enemies, but clearly she, she ain't scared. <laughs> oh, God, no. Sometime after Theros Beyond Death and before the new Phyrexian invasion of Dom- Dominaria, Elish Norn attempted to complete a female mer- 
Mirren, in front of a group of her worshippers. This experiment would fail horribly, but after she investigated and found what she believed to be an endlessly growing plant made of human body parts... Oh my God, we're getting some <laughs> S, some Eldrick Horror SCP things here. If we haven't already been there, I think we've already we're already there. We definitely are. So yeah, a plant gr- continuously growing of human body parts. She realized everything happening to her was a nightmare made by a, the planeswalker Ashiok. Ashiok. I'm Ashiok? not 100 sure. Ashiok. Ashiok. But essentially, a planeswalker that fuels nightmares. Like, that is their magic. Okay, so real quick before we continue, I'm going to be real upset if this whole thing was just a dream sequence and the end of a bad 90s TV show. No, it was just that one part. Okay. Just that one part of Ellis Norton freaking out for a second. I was like, if this is the the ending to a bad 90s sitcom, I'm going to be real upset. (laughs) Would be kind of funny after all this buildup. It kind (laughs) of would. I would laugh, but I'd be like, oh, man, that was just a waste. Right. (laughs) So many sets. Yeah, my fans would have just rioted. A lot. (laughs) So the Nightmare Weaver was pleasantly surprised that these metal monsters could feel fear, which shocked the Praetor. She attempted to attack them, but they conjured an illusion of her enemy, Elspeth Tyrell, wearing Norn's armor. Uh, She would respond by summoning her subordinates and turning her hands into blades, but Ashiak left before they could harm them. So essentially, they tried to attack Ashiak. Ashiak made an illusion of... Her, their own personal enemy, because that was a thing. Ashiok played with uh, Elsif's memories and tortured her in the underworld, ah. which we kind of went over when we talked about Elsif in her episode. But this turns into what essentially becomes uh, a possible linchpin against uh, Elish Norn. I mean, I'm, this is definitely one of those concepts of they just proved a god could bleed. Pretty much, yeah. Because, like, yeah, from the sounds of it, these things seemed like they had no weakness. There was I no stopping. they were just machines. It. Yeah, just, just soulless machines on a rampaging mission to turn you into a zombie machine. And then they suddenly find out, oh, they feel fear? They, they're not just harmless machines. Or, yeah, it's not harmless, but soulless machines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So this encounter infuriated Norn, and she vowed to kill Elspeth. Elspeth. Elspeth? Elspeth? Elspeth. Okay, so this encounter in... uh, My brain, I'm I'm having the stroke! (laughs) Okay. So this encounter infuriated Norn, and she vowed to kill Elspeth. Somehow, Im- Urbesk caught wind of their encounter and now believed Elspeth Tyrell was the key to igniting the sparks of both the Quiet Furnace and the Moran resistance to overthrow Norn. So that was a big thing. Is Urbesk was definitely a... Uh, it was kind of already starting to slowly rebel against Elish and the rest of the Praetors because he let a lot of the surviving Mirans take refuge in his domain mm. which really pissed off elish but <laughs> i mean you know that tracks right <laughs> yeah so him getting a hold of this just starts spinning webs for him oh yes <laughs> i'm liking this story 
So later on, a group of uh, planeswalkers, along with the Mirren Resistance, would plan a coordinated assault to destroy Realmbreaker before it could allow the Phyrexians to enter the other planes. Which, you know, probably the probably the safest, quickest, best move. Right. Like, cut, like stop their advance and then, you know. Uh, if they can't get off the plane easily and instantly and in large mass numbers, probably the best way to go. Exactly. Keep It also stops them from growing their forces. Exactly. However, in anticipation of other planeswalkers traveling to New Phyrexia to stop their expansion, Norn bolstered the planet's defenses, including a barrier that disoriented their travel and weakened them. The group would be splintered across the plane, but the Strike Force's mission proceeded as planned, but suffered numerous problems. Of course it did. Because, I mean, how else are they going to have this one story go over multiple sets? Right? <laughs> no no plan. Like, as people say, no plan survives first contact. Contact. It's how you recover that matters. You, know, you make the plan, then you throw away the plan. <laughs> exactly. So the team would never fully unite. Five planeswalkers on the team were eventually completed. And once those who remained reached the seed core, Realmbreaker already created Omen Pass to the other worlds with millions of Phyrexians already across each of its branches ready to infiltrate them. You know, nothing like knowing that essentially by the time you finally get to where you're supposed to go, you've already failed miserably. That's a rough go. That's, uh... Especially when you lose five of your teammates. Yeah, that's... I mean, do you give up at that point, or just keep going and hope for the best? We've uh, we've already talked about one of these planeswalkers. She don't give up even in death. <laughs> true, true. So. so I guess keep on going. Okay, so after the assault of Urza's tower initially failed, Tezzeret returned a new Phyrexia in order to once again convince Norn to make good on her promise to give him a new body. Norn greeted him and questioned why he left his station, so he lied, saying that Sheldred betrayed them and they were overwhelmed. He gonna get that body. Oh, yeah, because he's a planeswalker. Even his story with Nicole, he's in it for himself. He don't care about the rest. He's just trying to get what he can from from the biggest baddies in the universe, essentially. I mean, fair, man, dude. Like, I mean, he's dealing with Eldric horrors who also really don't care about anything either he's so honestly you can't even mad him because i don't know this guy's full end game but from the sounds of it he's just screwing over people who are who are galactically trying to screw over the universe and he got lucky with the last one who got defeated by his brother so so I maybe mean, he might luck out with elish too let's find out <laughs> So conveniently, Shouldred at one point did defy Norn by aiding Urabrask in his rebellion, so she found Tezzeret's story believable. Lucky him. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So after asking about the planeswalkers at the tower, he informed her they all escaped and he didn't follow them to let... uh, So he didn't follow the planeswalkers so he could let Norn know about the traitor in her ranks. He also revealed that the planeswalkers were led by Elspeth. Uh, causing Norn to show visible fear and sharing information about her halo-infused weapon, Luxior. Oh. <laughs> Not that halo? Okay. <laughs> no, wrong halo. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, I mean, this guy's lucking out on these He lines. really is. 
And he's bringing just the right information to keep himself alive right now. <laughs> right. Okay, so after con- uh, convincing Norn that fulfilling her promise would give Tezzeret the power to defend her against Elspeth, she agreed to give the Seeker his new body and sent him to Jin Getaxius. He's the one, remember, that turned the Planeswalkers in the first place. Mm. So what better to figure out, give, essentially give the mad scientist uh, a crack at his body. That's basically what uh, Gintaxius is to the rest of the Praetors. Fair. He's the mad scientist. Nah, fair, fair. So, a little bit later on, Jace Bellerin, who was close to being completed, would offer to detonate the replica Silex that they made at the cost of his own life to destroy the Phyrexians' means to invade the multiverse and prevent them from using himself as a tool. At least in his final moments, he tries to be a hero, unlike the rest of the story. Or yeah. by this point, he would have just bolted out and been a little. I didn't just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> Cut myself off before I start swearing. <laughs> I saw that. I mean, at least it sounds like he's dying a hero. At least trying to. Yeah. But his allies, Kaya and Kato, tried to stop him to, to prevent him from destroying the worlds Realmbreaker already connected to. Because not knowing what exactly is going to happen if Realmbreaker blows up. They assume the worst, and that's going to blow up the whole plane it's already connected with. I mean, but better lose a few planes than all of them. Only so many people have that kind of thought process. And yeah. I think Jace already had that in his own mindset when he's like, I'm going to kill myself and blow everything up with me. They're some of the ones that are like, mm, let's not do that. Gotta think big picture, people. <laughs> big picture. Yeah, I'd rather lose a couple planes than the entire multiverse. Exactly. Same here, hundred percent. If that makes me a bad guy, so be it. So we can go join Tezzeret, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm sorry. I just did what you guys have all wanted to do, and just didn't have the cojones. So the two would fail to stop him. However, Elspeth stabbed Jace with her sword Luxior before taking the Silix and disappearing after suffering the cost of the uh, the cost of activating it. Also, I'm just saying, I'm not a big fan of Jace, so you know what? Good. Uh, to be honest, my, my own personal opinion, too, not being a fan of him, I'm cool with how the story ended for him. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> you deserve to get stabbed. <laughs> and that a couple you, times. You blue mana, like, enchanting spell. You know who you are. <laughs> you all know who you are out there. <laughs> Don, from what I understand of the story right now, we don't know what just happened to Elspeth. Some think she may have died. Some think she's somewhere in the blind attorneys between planes. We don't know what hap- what's going to happen if the bomb blows up in the eternal, uh, mm. the space between planes. We're a little sad because Elspeth seems like a pretty all right character. A lot of a lot of people in the community seem to, and I agree with them. She's probably going to pop up somewhere else just fine. Maybe not with a bomb, or maybe still with a bomb. Who knows? I mean, I'm hoping. I like the character in that. Oh, heck yeah. She was awesome. She seems pretty badass. So, you know, I'm just saying, if she dies, I'm going to be a little upset. Same, actually. (laughs) If she dies again, I guess I should say. Right, true. (laughs) So, as with comic books, characters sometimes rarely stay dead in in this universe. Okay. 
So with Kaya and Kaito fearing the multiverse's demise, and Tyvar Kell, another planeswalker who just arrived, still optimistic they could save it, Elish Norn would reach the Seed Core with many of her Phyrexian followers and some of their foreigner allies, such as the Moonfolk Tamiyo, the Coralithomancer Nahari, the Zendikar Elf Nisa, and Jace's reanimated corpse, all completed and ready to serve as part of her Machine Legion. Yeah, no, you, you really don't stay dead in this world. Yeah, you don't. Now it's just even worse because now you become a completed monstrosity. I was about to say, like, does this even qualify as living, though? But honestly, I'd be more afraid of, and I've seen people talk about it on the, in the community, I'd be much more afraid of Jace now. With his own mental barriers, he wouldn't completely just brain melt someone on True. purpose. I remember we talked about that in he, his episode. He might now. He has nothing stopping him like he used to. A lot of people might just completely lose their minds. Well, because that's honestly, that's honestly why I feel the biggest threat in here is like them assimilating a character who generally holds back. And now that character not only isn't holding back, but is enhanced. Oh, yeah. I am slightly terrified of Jace now. (laughs) There are some planeswalkers that that is a horrifying thought to think. Do you imagine that on Nicole? Dude, (laughs) even like some of the berserker type planeswalkers, like the green mana one. What's his name? Uh, Oh, he's already gone berserk from a curse as it is. Yeah. I don't even want to think of what he'd be like with this. Yeah, this mechanical uh, enhancement. Garrick, by the way. Yeah. Could you imagine how horrifying he'd be in this? Yeah, we already had With a, the curse? I said with the curse. We've already got a glimpse of what he'd be like. Yeah. Okay. That is terrifying. Okay, moving on. The Mother of Machines offered to have them all join the Singularity if they submitted, but they all declined using Nisa as a conduit to control Realmbreaker. Elish Norn's invasion of the multiverse had begun. Yeah, nothing like having one of the most powerful green mana-based planeswalkers now at your control. Oh, God. Green can do some damage if left unchecked. And she's the one that'll do it. Yeah. So, not long after the invasion beginning, their conquest of the multiverse, three planes were immediately added to their singularity, with two more close to falling, and the plane of Lara being infiltrated. So it didn't take long for them to already conquer places. Yeah, no. It bounced back pretty quick there. Oh yeah. That uh that like barely that barely staggered their their plan. Heck, it didn't do nothing. That's horrifying. That's hor that is terrifying to think about me. Really is. I'm excited to see where the story goes in this new set. So, uh, yeah. This is, um, this is the one time I'm okay with the whole product fatigue of Magic the Gathering because I want to know the story. Yeah, right? Okay, so uh, that's all we got leading up to this new set coming out with uh, Elish Norn. And I guess I'll ask the question I ask every week to the audience and to my co-host, Joker. You a fan? Honestly, yes. I, I like the idea of having that one all-powerful person kind of knocking down her own like second in commands be like nope this is all mine now and i'm gonna conquer the universe in my name and my image i just i think it's a cool concept of like i've just always enjoyed those eldritch horror type 
creatures. Oh, now you got one. And I'm I'm really gonna enjoy this because like the Eldrazi were fun, but an Eldritch horror that's cognitive of what's doing. Oh, that's horrifying. And I oh, the Eldrazi it. were too. At least the Titans. Okay, I guess so. This one just seems a little more proactive. She's a little more terrifying. She's trying to do everything at once where they usually were on a plane at a time. True. And they also seem to have no real... They were in no rush. This person didn't have to be. Yeah, this person's like, oh, no, I'm taking it. Oh, yeah. This is a fun villain. Fun villain is oh, what yeah. I'm going to say. And I'm excited to see where he goes. So, you know what? I'm a fan, too. For anyone that's still listening, you got something out of this? Enjoyed the episode? Or even liked the character before from a movie? comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time. You're a fan too. You want to jump on this train? Why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.